Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. Oh, it's one of our favorite times of the week. Monday Gun Day with the gun guy, Guy Relfer. Guy, how are you? I mean, I'm great, and thanks as always to our sponsor, Fort Liberty Firearms in Avon, 8401 East Highway 36. Great place to buy firearms, ammunition, or accessories. Check out my buddies at the fort at fortlibertyfirearms.com. You had an interesting guest on your radio program this past weekend. I you did. had the Attorney General, Todd Rakita, on. And take me through what's going on with Indiana, and I believe it's the ATF. It, well, exactly. And you and Nigel and I have talked a little bit before about this new ATF pistol brace rule, right? Where a pistol brace is essentially an accessory you can add to a pistol, and it allows you to shoot that pistol one-handed. And they, they really came into use... Uh, about 2012 or so as an, as an, as a an attachment to help disabled shooters shoot pistols one-handed um, could it also help somebody get a steadier shot absolutely and and, and the full name is pistol stabilizer brace for exactly that reason Jason so you nailed it um, but the ATF after for almost 11 years coming out saying, no, you can add one of these to your pistol and it does not change your pistol into a short-barreled rifle. Um, And that's important because if you have an unregistered short-barreled rifle, then that's 10 years in federal prison. That's just like having an unregistered machine gun. And the only way to possess those lawfully is you have to get permission to possess them or transfer them to you and then register them with the ATF under what's called the National Firearms Act. And so for 10, 11 years, ATF said, no, you can put one of these on because it's possible to take this stabilizer brace and put it against your shoulder and use it like a shoulder stock. Okay, and so they, but they said no. Just because you can potentially use it that way doesn't change the design. It's not a rifle. It's not a short-barreled rifle. After over ten years, the ATF just came out, effective January thirty-first, and saying no. We changed our mind. They did a one-eighty, and said no. If you put one of these on your pistol, it changes it to a rifle. It's an unregistered short-barreled rifle. What changed? Nothing other than their interpretation and the number of people using them. Because, because people saw this and said, oh, okay, I can get around the SBR rules a little bit. So they sold a lot of them in reliance on what the ATF had already said, which is that they're legal and they don't, they don't transform a pistol into a rifle. So the, the ATF just did a 180 based on their interpretation for years. Nope, it's legal. Now, nope, it is. And, uh, and now, it's, now it's illegal and you can go to te- federal prison for 10 years. So uh, Rokita, Todd Rokita, our attorney general, and he's, I got to say, he's been very pro-2A. He's done a lot of other good things in the courtroom and otherwise for the Second Amendment. He came on my show and talked about how Indiana, through the attorney general's office, has now joined 23 other states and some other private entities who are suing the ATF to say, no, um, this is arbitrary uh, and capricious, which is a standard to turn around a regulatory action. Um, it's illegal. It's unconstitutional. It's an unconstitutional uh, use of uh, legislative powers by a federal agency, an executive agency. That separates our separation of powers under the Constitution. And this whole thing needs to be set aside. And they're seeking an injunction to prevent ATF from even enforcing it. You would think that the 
Biden administration, the anti-gun administration, and all the woke folks that he's got in positions of power would be in favor of something that would help stabilize a shot, that would help oh, yeah. you get a better, clean shot. But no, they they want to make it so we, you don't have that. So somebody that's got a shaky control of their weapon can just fire it well. Well, that's a really good point. And but a lot of us think that very potentially, and I, I don't wear my tinfoil, you know, conspiracy theorist hat very often, but a lot of us look at this and say, well, a lot of people are putting these braces on AR and AK pistols, uh, something that, that the Biden administration would call an assault weapon. Right. Well, we don't have a national registration scheme for those kind of firearms today. First of all, they can't describe what an assault weapon is. Well, that's exactly is. right. But basically, if they, if they look at an AR-15 or an AK-47 and go, well, I don't know what one is, but that's it. That's a weapon of war. Yeah, there you go. So there's no registration requirement, right? And, and the government, and, and by the way, what does Biden say? He said it again during the State of the Union. What does he say every time he gets a public opportunity to? We're going to ban assault weapons. I passed it once in 1994. I'm going to pass it again. And so he threatens that every time he's in front of a microphone. So wait, hold on. So a lot of people put these braces on their AK or AR pistols. Now the ATF turns around, and there are estimates ranging. ATF says there are 3 million. The gun owners of America say there are 40 million of these. Okay, The number obviously falls somewhere in between. I think 40 million is way high, $3 million is probably low. But if, AT, if the Biden administration makes us all run out and register these things, millions and millions of them, then does what Biden promises to do, which is ban them because they're quote-unquote assault weapon, now, now they've got a list of the people that have the banned firearms. Isn't that nice if you've got a ban in place and now you've got a list of who owns them, at least a large population of them that have these stabilizer braces on? So there's a chance, and again, tinfoil, but there's a chance that the Biden administration would have a list of these people, but no idea who some of these folks coming across the border are oh, yeah. that are on terror watch lists. Oh, yeah, and, and no idea the criminals ridiculous. that acquired their firearms illegally. And the only people that are going to run off and comply with this new rule are the people you know, hyper-concerned about following the law. Right, they don't. They don't. They, they don't want to have an unregistered right. SBR. They want to say, "Oh no, I, I don't want to mess around with a criminal penalty." So, by definition, they're the most law-abiding of gun owners, and they're going to be on the list that potentially gets a knock on the door if Biden never accomplishes what he wants to, which is to ban the firearms that he's talking about. Somewhere, I'm sure there's a gang member going, "You know, I want to murder a guy, but I got to do it right. I've got to get the paperwork in before I murder somebody." Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We talk about that all the time. How laughable it is that these people think these ridiculous laws, and it's especially a law where, where it's an interpretation of a law through an ATF rule where they said exactly the opposite for 10, almost 11 years and turn right back around and say, no, we're just wrong. Never mind. Is, is a criminal going to pay that any mind whatsoever? Or is the, 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 the ultra law compliant citizen going to run off and do what the government wants him to and then get punished for it potentially down the road? Monday gun day with Guy Relford here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Guy, this is the first time I've had a chance to speak with you since the Michigan State shooting. Yeah. And it feels like there's a lot of similarities between what happened at Michigan State University and what happens here in Indianapolis a lot, i.e. the FedEx shooting. And what I mean here is you had a prosecutor in Michigan that decided to be progressive, that decided equity was more important than the law, and they went light on this guy Instead of taking his weapon away and giving him a felony, they marked it down to a misdemeanor. He was allowed to keep his weapon. 
he used that weapon in the killing at Michigan State. Here in Indianapolis, you had a very woke progressive prosecutor who had a red flag case sitting right there on his desk, chose to ignore it. For whatever reason, it just sat there, and then some lunatic goes into the FedEx facility and opens fire. These are two examples of things that potentially could have been avoided if people were doing their jobs. Yeah, and what, what's really frustrating to me, Jason, is after an event like this, and, and actually we're, we're battling right now in the General Assembly over the prosecutor's reaction to the fact that the prosecutor didn't use the law that's on the books, didn't even take a swing by filing a red flag, a red flag case to begin with, right, is now turning around saying, well, the only reason we didn't red flag that guy beca- was because of deficiencies in the law. And there's a bill right now in the Senate, in Indiana, that's that's being pushed by the Prosecutors Association uh, at the instance of, of one Ryan Mears, saying that well we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna correct the deficiencies in the red flag law so we won't allow this to happen again. And basically, what they're gonna do is they're trying to strip all the due process out of it before you ever get to see a judge, before you ever have any any due process, before you get to present your own side of things. They're gonna make you a prohibited possessor like a felon before you ever have any due process. And they say, well, that's what we need to avoid FedEx, as opposed to doing what they should have done, which is file the red flag case under existing law, because it was months. It was four months but, but um, in the time they had to red flag this guy before he ever acquired the guns he used in the shooting, and it was over a year before the shooting itself where they could have red flagged this guy and put him in jail. And they said, well, no, we didn't have time to file a red flag case. BS, BS, BS. You get a, you get a hearing in 14 days. And they, they had over a year, but they want to blame the statute. Now Michigan State happens. And what are you hearing from legislators? What are you hearing from Joe Biden? A prosecutor didn't use the law he had at his disposal. He walked away from a felony charge that he had under existing law. And they're saying, oh, well, this, this shows we have lax laws. We have lax gun laws. We need to pass more restrict laws, that, that more strict laws that are only going to impact law-abiding citizens. I'm sick of these prosecutors all across the country, particularly right here in Marion County, who don't use the law they have, and they want to use that, their failure, to turn around and try to strip rights away from law-abiding citizens. It's repugnant. And right now, we're fighting that in the legislature. Why do you think... Places like Indianapolis, places like Michigan, Midwestern type of states still haven't figured out it's okay to vote these prosecutors out. Because even San Francisco, as liberal as San Francisco is, they had had enough of their over-the-top woke DA, and they kicked him out. Now, no one's ever going to accuse San Francisco of turning red. That's not the case at all. You can still be uber-progressive, but have that come-to-Jesus moment of, this guy's bad at his job. Yeah, and you know, when you just look around, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about about downtown Indianapolis. But you look at the FedEx shooting and, and the utter failings of, of the prosecutor's office in Marion County, and then them trying to scapegoat the statute as an excuse. It's ridiculous. Why, why don't voters? I mean, just quit worrying about the D or the R next to somebody's name and just look around you. Look around you at your community. Look at the Near East Side and the number of shootings, stabbings, murders that you see all the time. Why don't we just look around and say, this is not okay. The people in charge, whether it's in the mayor's office or the prosecutor's office, whoever it is, the people in charge are not getting the job done. We need new people. I don't understand why that's not the mindset. If anybody has any questions or wants to continue this specific conversation, how do they reach out to you? Uh, RelfordLaw.com is the best way to get a hold of me. RelfordLaw.com. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.